welcome to episode 472 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 427 of I Am Talk with Coach John Yesman and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm on top of the world, Bevan, and you? Still waking up. A little bit sleepy over still there? Still waking up. I, I was in bed. I was having a good sleep, actually. I was thinking, far out, I'm having a good sleep. You know, sometimes yeah. you wake up, you're still asleep, but you know you're having good sleep. I, I don't get those anymore. My alarm goes off. Turns out it wasn't my alarm. It was John Yesman calling me. From the front doorstep. From the front door. My alarm didn't go off this morning, team. I was pretty relieved it wasn't a bloody negative five degree frost we've been having lately. Otherwise, I would have really been pounding on that door. Yeah, I wouldn't have heard you because I was asleep. Luckily, you rang. So, so I was a little bit rushed, but we're here now. That's the main thing. Um, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our awesome team of patrons. Uh, let's name a few, Jombo. Keith the Ice Lord Manning. I don't have the patrons in my oh, list. I was a bit late in doing that. You see. Oh, I, okay. need, I, I needed that couple of extra minutes. <laughs> okay, so it's worked out. My sleeping was the strategy. Chris the Battleship Niebauer. Nice. Stan Laser Lezak. Yep. Marcus the Thunderbolt Aronson. And George, Mr. Madman Grey. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got a bit of news. We've got uh, Age Group of the Week. Statistics has poked his head out again, Jombo. Yep, it's back. It's back? Mm-hmm. Nice. With and a bit of assistance from the, the audience. And uh, Coach's Corner, what's happening? Yes. Uh, just had a question around, should I be getting on the trainer? Everybody's talk, We talked to Frederick Cronenberg, he's on the trainer. A lot of the pros are doing lots of work on the trainer and treadmills, and people are asking, should that be me as well? Don't go outside anymore, team. It's dangerous. Uh, questions and answers, and then we're pretty much finished. Now, I need to put the news jingle in, John, so I'm going to put that in right now. Okay, Jombo, it's news time. And it's and basically dominated news. by Challenge Rate this week. Well, and fair enough, you know, it's a big race in the calendar. And Challenge Rate happened last weekend, and it looked like we had some pretty cool racing happening. We did. One thing I wasn't sure of last week was how much prize money there was at uh, Challenge Rate. We know it's always been one of the, the big races. Um, and But luckily, I did find out this week they have 75,000 euros prize money, which is roughly 80,000 US. And where that falls into line with WTC's, you know, Ironman races, it's actually falling behind the game a little bit in terms of what they're paying out. Out relative to them, because so like what, if we look like a Frankfurt, yeah. So Frankfurt would be one hundred and fifty thousand, so okay. nearly nearly double. Um, so maybe that's why you know last week I was saying how the field, you know, you know traditionally Germany or, or Frankfurt and Rote were very much on par with the field, whereas mm-hmm. in, in the last couple of years we've seen kind of Frankfurt stretch a little bit further ahead. Uh, and this year's field, you know, still Rote's still a strong field, but it's not that kind of second class championship field. Well, I think there's that, and then the other thing that's happening now is. Um, because WTC are amalgamating some of their races, they're not having pro fields at some events, and then what they're essentially doing with that is then they're pooling that money into other races. So there's a lot more $100,000 races now um, in terms of a lot of the American races mm. like that. So there's some races, no prize money, but some races are 100000 So I think there's a combination of um, that. But I would say at Rote, one thing that, that I'm sure they will have done in the past to get those good fields is paid appearance money, yeah. um, and that's probably what they're going to need to do 
in future to, to keep getting those those big names is they probably won't be able to compete on prize money consistently. Well, they, they certainly can, can try, but um, yeah, it'd be nice if you're a pro saying, okay, come along, we'll give you $10,000 to come and race, and then you know you've got the big names uh, there rather than trying to, you know, big name might be coming along going, well, if I'm up against 10 other guys, you know, how much money am I going to pull in here? So, um, but that being said, as Bevan said, it's still still a good, strong field. So and just a on that. So if we think about that and we say, okay, well, you know, is losing its ability to compete in a higher level of prize money, or maybe they're just choosing not to. Um, and as you say, maybe they're just devoting money to get people there as an appearance fees. If Rote doesn't pull the same kind of pro field, does it lose its prestige? You know, Rote is very much the race that most triathletes you're going to go Kona, probably your local iron distance race. And it seems to be that Rote's always the third on the list. You know, mm. I know for me mm. when I was racing, I know for a lot of people out there, Rote is that experience that we all want to have because the experience is really amazing. But the other thing that's made Rote so appealing, it's almost like some of those stories of the past, you mm. know, of you know the, the fastest day back in the past. You know, all those types of experiences have built that kind of history of Rote. Because mm. outside of Kona, Rote is the most historic race, really, isn't Definitely. it? You know, Definitely. as in things that get talked about. So I'm, I'm curious to see in the future, we, do we see Rote's kind of light start to fade away a little bit if it does become a bit, a bit of a second-tier pro race? Yeah, but uh, it's hard to know. I think one thing that you, you know, for, it may start to lose some coverage, and I think that will, will happen over time regardless of what they do, just because there's so many more races on these days mm. to cover. Um, but I think for the age grouper, when they turn up there and have oh, the road experience, experience <laughs> mind blowing. That's just amazing. When you go up the the Solberg Hill and you, you know there's ten people deep on each side of you, and and, and you, you hear that from some of the the pros that go and race there for the first time, they're like, well, I'd heard all about it, but holy shit, when yeah. you actually go there and see what it's all about. So yes, I would say that if they don't continue to compete on with on prize money or appearance fees, and it's as it, it's still a good field. And last year it was an amazing field. Yep. Um, so we're just taking one snapshot from this year, but I do think they're going to need to keep lifting their game because the way that WTC it going, you know, having earlier qualifying races, getting people to tick their qualifying off um, earlier for Kona, it does potentially mean that uh, athletes may choose to race a bit earlier in the season and not do those mid-season races. But yeah, hey, let, it's just one year, so let's sort of see how things un, un, unravel. But and, and just on that, you know, like if we do think about the athletes kind of age group experience, it is definitely. Oh. What an experience! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty fantastic. Especially if you've only raced, you know, say you're a Kiwi and Aussie, and you've only had that Kiwi experience, or in America you've had the American experience. It's different, you know. It's really different when you well, go. Are there Europe. any other races where you get this kind of crowd? Oh, some of the other European races do, do they? get massive crowds, but okay. it's not not quite the same as Rome. No, but it's pretty special. Okay, so what happened in the race, Jumbo? Well, we had Nils Fromhold um, break away on the bike with old um, Andrew Starkowitz, and they built up a big enough lead that he was able to run a 2.51 and win it from Timo Bracht. It was pretty close racing, and apparently um, guys that told me that were watching the coverage was Nils Fromhold was a pretty spent force when he came into the uh, really? into the finishing shoot. Apparently he was sort of swerving a little bit and wasn't wasn't quite quite all there and from what I read he was uh, was pretty much toasted on the run so it was uh, a good victory from him he swam 47 rode 409 uh, 
nine, and then ran two fifty one for that's, a seven. That's still a pretty solid run after a four oh nine. You yeah. know, like it's it's not that's not a bad run. Exactly. Uh, like if we look at Starkowitz, he did a four and a half. So, yeah. So. <laughs> so Starkowitz did set a new bike course record. He went four oh nine thirteen, but ran ran four and a half, or should I say, you know, a lot of that probably would have been uh, walking. walking. Yep. And uh, and then Timo Bracht, you know, um, I don't know if he's forty or he's no, I think he's. Maybe 38, 39, he's, he's getting up there anyway. Last year he won, this year he's second place. Still a good, solid race. Swam 47, just got pounded a bit on the bike with a 420 and then uh, ran 245 for a 756. And the third man of the group, uh, David Dello, still went sub 8, 759, 28. So only eight minutes covering those first three. So good to see David Dello back racing strongly. It's been quite a while. Well, he's been injured. And so he's come back from injury, and it's a solid performance, isn't it? It is. And what we see across the field here is uh, I'm on TorstensTryRating.com just because that's... And is this only pros? This is only pros, okay. yep. yeah. Uh, seeing a lot of green, which means a lot of people went uh, quicker than expected, and it looked like a pretty nice day. The pictures that I saw, not, you know, not, not too much wind and just not crazy hot. Can get crazy hot there. So good racing from the top three and also some um, bloody good racing on the girls' side of things. Yvonne Vlan Verken yeah. um, brought home the bacon, 8.50.53. She swam 54. She biked 4.47 and ran a 3.05. Um, it's a third time winning it, isn't it? I think I remember reading. Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, it's a good performance, and apparently she was really sick. Um, the days leading into the race, she got a bee sting or something like that and had a fever and everything, and then the day before the race, she wasn't even sure if she would race or not. Um, so awesome to see her go 8.50. She has been quicker than that before, but 8.50, still moving. What about, what about Gina? What happened? Don't know what happened with Gina. I mean, she went 9.04 for fourth place, which is not crap no but no but like coming off the bike she would have been close yeah but it's not her best day that's sort of a yeah she's probably going to give done herself a sub nine. A, yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah she'd probably give herself a c for yeah. that race you know um at least she hung tough i think probably the breakthrough of the day was um carrie lester you know she's been a good second tier athlete plenty of podiums and things like that um but to go 853 she swam 52 rode 447 so the same as von van vlerken and just just lost a bit on the run with a 309 853 still humming and it was bloody close Anya Berenek who at one stage was miles in front on the bike but I think the girls reeled her in uh, she came home in 8.55 so th- on the guys side 3 sub 8 performances on the girls side 3 sub 9 performances so again whilst we say maybe not uh, quite the same field that we had last year still when you get 3, three sub 8s and 3 sub 9s pretty good day at the office you still go back to I'm just thinking of Chrissy's performance Chrissy's pregnant by the way did you see that no I didn't know Chrissy's Chrissy's just announced that she's pregnant I wonder Um, how tall their child is going to be I don't think she'll be doing Ironman this year I don't think the comeback's happening but uh, 8.18 far out like far out that's the thing you know if you're someone like Carrie Lester you go we're sitting here going great performance 8.53 which it is and it's a big improvement for her but then you go Oh, yeah. if they'd been there, I'm like half an hour behind. I wonder what I can't remember this years ago now, but like based on the men's results this year, Chrissy would have got 
eighth if she did an 818. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wonder. She must have done a top 10 in the men's when she did 818. Yeah. She must have, surely. Um, John, we got an email through from Andrew Kerr, T Rex. Uh, Diplodoc- how do you say that one? Dip- Diplodocus. Diplodocus. Yeah. Um, and he was saying uh, they've, they've, they've created a new innovative idea, and it's such a brilliant idea. So, what they did at and Challenge Rope this year is the drafting penalty. You know, we normally what happens in an Ironman race or a long distance triathlon race is you get a drafting penalty. John knows about this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you have to go to the side of the road and you wait out four minutes, you get back on your bike and see you later. Well, in Rope this year, they introduced this new concept that basically if you get a drafting penalty, you just have to, you get a tag or whatever it is. You still get your five minutes. Oh, so you still get so your you five get minutes. you five minutes on the side of the road. Oh, and but, but in, plus. In, but at... What they did at Challenge in the past, it was eight was eight minutes, and this is the whole problem. It's inconsistent everywhere. Yeah. So it was eight minutes. So they reduced it to five minutes. But this is more of a penalty. Plus, especially if you're slow. Okay. So 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 you okay. So you get five minutes on the side of the road, then at the thirty k mark in the race, you have to on, run, on run an extra. Yeah, in the run, you have to run an extra kilometer. Now that could be twenty minutes for some people. <laughs> for Andrew Stark, would see would have been out of range. Yeah. Uh, so it's wow. What a, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, because it really makes drafting a much more higher offence, isn't it? So I would say that when you get a, a drafting penalty at a, at a Kona or say Ironman New Zealand, four or five minutes, whatever it is, that's a bloody problem. It changes all the time. How much was you, it when you were in Kona? I know you only did a minute, but <laughs> how much was it? Uh, I think it was four. Okay. I can't remember. But usually it doesn't really cost you that much time. It might only cost you a minute or two, if that. Is it worth drafting for four minutes? Oh, yeah, a lot of time it is. You know, like if you were just to sit on a wheel, you go, you know what, I'll get drafted today, it's okay, but, you know, I'm going to gain 15 minutes by drafting. Because, no, there's, there's a gain there, Yes, correct. But the other gain is you're standing there for four minutes and you're actually recovering. Oh, There's okay. a lot to be said in that. So, yeah, when you get a four-minute penalty, it's like, oh, I wouldn't know if that's that big a penalty. Yeah. Um, Whereas this, if you're, if you're 30Ks into the run, now we know this is the game in Ironman. This is when you are suffering, the game is happening. Mm. To add an extra kilometre onto the run? It's brutal. That's sensational. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. I suppose the question is, why has no one ever thought of this earlier? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's really, na- it's quite nasty. Yeah, uh, it's harsh, but, but it's, you're cheating. It's um, it's good. That being said, uh, it does. It's not going to solve the problem. And one thing that they sort of say in this press release, you know, at Challenge Rope, one of the things they do to try to limit the problem is to have all the wave starts. And that's where I've got to say, WTC, I think, are doing some good stuff in terms of having these different swim starts, whether it be a rolling start, whether it be wave starts, that's, that you can't, you know, in Kona, if I got that penalty, I would be really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> because... Well, you did get the penalty in your penalty. anyway. It's just so, so hard not to draft at Kona. I know people go, oh, we just don't draft. It's when you're really go, going for it and there's... What point there's, did you get done, done drafting? Sorry? What point in the bike? Uh, it was pretty early on. Because like, someone said, I can't remember, but they said, you know, you can't get caught. Oh, no, but even then people just do um, picks. Yeah, it was, I was towards the end of the Queen K. Um, so, you know, maybe 40K in. Okay. It, when you've got that many competitive people around mm. at the World Champs, Everyone's everybody is of a, a yeah. similar standard. It's very, very hard. So I think this is a great penalty and it would make you think, twice again you should be thinking twice anyway but I think it would add an extra level to it but they still need to address so there needs to be the fairness of how do we disperse the the athletes out on the course particularly Mm. in the first part of the bike but then a penny like this 
definitely would make you think like the penalty is just too high you know yeah. it's not worth trying to take that risk because imagine running an extra k at 30ks and oh. um one thing that i saw was that this year they and wrote they handed out 89 infringements so it was apparently quite a lot down on previous years so whether or not they were being more lenient or people were going holy crap i don't want to run an extra k uh, one other thing that i did i was just on the tri triathlete magazine website and uh, they had a little poll going i thought i'll have i'll click on this and what do you think of challenge rates drafting consequences and I ticked uh, I, they had options I love it I wish more races would do the same two I hate it there are better solutions to stop drafting or three I don't love or hate it and I clicked on I love it and then, uh, <laughs> I love six, it. 63% of people were clicking on that 22% were saying I hate it and 15 were saying uh, they're indifferent and that was out of about a thousand votes so just so you guys say overwhelmingly people were pretty pretty mm. like the idea so I love it I think it's great. Yeah, I just think, wow, man, there's going to be... For the pro, um, the, it would add an extra element to the pro race as well. Yeah, but if you're a pro, it pretty much kills your race, doesn't it? Uh, it would, I don't know if it would kill your race. Well, but you know, 10 it minutes. Be pretty vital. Yeah, but what's so cool about, you know, when you watch the, the Winter Olympics and they have the, uh, the the biathlon and they've got the penalty lap there. If you, know, if you, oh, miss, do they? If you miss your shooting, if you miss a target, you've got to do an extra 400 metre lap. Yeah, it makes it so and much more exciting, doesn't it? So you're it? in first place, but you've got to do this extra lap. But So, yeah, it would be kind of cool to have a little... I've never really watched biathlon. Is it a cool sport oh, to watch? Brilliant. Really? Brilliant. Yeah. Because I suppose it's got the skill and the speed factor, hasn't yeah, it? Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Must be crazy sports coming because um, they say that, that, that kind of skiing is one of the hardest endurance sports mm. or cardiovascular sports you can do. Then to come in and to do something that's so about being still. It's brilliant. Yeah, it must be such a hard sport. <laughs> okay, we also had uh, Victoria Triathlon in Spain. That when we had some fantastic reporting oh. from Nick Nose Rose. <laughs> And he just, he, he spelt things out phonetically for us. He's put bullet points. I love it. So the Victoria Try, it's the ninth running of the race. And Victoria Gasteers has hosted world long distance champs and European champs and was a challenge race in 2013. It runs a full and half distance on the same day. Men's was billed as Pedro, Pedro Gomez. We would have said Gomes, but he gave us a phonetic spelling Yeah, of that's it. right, but because Gomez he did his work. As favourite alongside local poster boy Alejandro. And he's written Alejandro as itself. Rather than however, I still would have got that wrong, but <laughs> Alejandro Santa Maria for the win. Gomez dropped out on the run after suffering on the bike. The race was dominated by the ding dong battle between Santa Maria and local pro Diego Paradis. Diego breaking the deadlock with 15k on the run to win in 8.39 with an 8 minute victory over Santa Maria in 8.47. Surprise of the day was third place going to an age grouper, Zabia. Amparin in an 8.52 the girls race thankfully we have a Canadian there whose name is a little easier to pronounce Brooke Brown it's definitely an easy one <laughs> dominated after overcoming a four minute deficit out of the water and was led by Yvette Grice from the UK who eventually slowed to take fourth Brooke added 10 minutes on the bike and then extended to dominate the dojo in 9.33 winning by over 20 minutes yep, from Catherine Walter Eight nine fifty four in third place. Re Ruth Brito, the partner of Nico Lanos, in ten 
702. So he's added even that little bit of oh, gossip mate, He's here. done all the work here. He, I tell you what, he needs a pay rise. What do we pay him? He does, yeah. We give him a high, a high five. Yeah, okay. You get a high six now. Nick knows Rose. Thanks for that. And guys, if there are, you know, we, we really only generally cover WTC events and challenge races. So if you do go to a, uh, a non-WTC race and if you can flick us through you know, fantastic little bullet points like that from old Rosie. Phonetic writing. Yep. Uh, we're happy to do that. If you can try to get it in the day after the race, then we can get it on ch- in for Tuesday morning New Zealand time. Otherwise, we can always do it a week later. So, yeah, it'd be good to hear from some of those other races. Okay, so Challenge have now announced an interesting concept. What they are doing is the Challenge family in Europe have announced an end-of-season bonus for the pro athletes. Professional athletes racing Challenge races in Europe will, can earn an end-of-season windfall with today's announcement of the news prize money bonus structure for 2016. This initiative provides professional athletes with the opportunity to race for a share of 140,000 end of year season bonus. The bonus will pay five deep for both men and women and to those athletes who have accumulated the most points racing at challenge family events throughout Europe. The top ranked male and female will each take home 25,000 euro, second will earn 17,000, third 13, 10 for fourth and 5,000 for fifth. Athletes will continue to earn prize money at challenge races uh, in Europe. Full distance challenge races in Europe will now pay eight deep with total prize money of 36,000k or euro, uh, while the half distance will pay five deep with 18,000 euro. So it seems like they'll pull back on the prize money to give it a point system. Uh, I don't know if they've pulled back on the prize money. Um, I think just they've just the added, this, it, they've added this on, which I think is really cool. So 36,000 uh, euro for, for their full distance races. I think that's probably roughly 50,000 um, American, which is on par with sort of some of the sort of second tier WTC races. They normally pay between 50 and sort of 70,000. Uh, so that's all good. And then the half races are only 18,000. So, But I think this is a great way to make sure you get a few more in there. I think that's the thing with challenge. They've got to be doing things differently. They can't just try to compete with WTC. They've got to, they've, you know, they've come out with this cool drafting um, penalty. Then they've come out with this um, this bonus. So I think it's you know, 25,000 is a is a pretty reasonable bonus, and it pays it's down to fifth. And there's enough races in Europe. You know, you don't just have to go and do five flipping Ironmans. They've got. But so it doesn't seem. I'm just on the website now. It doesn't seem that there's a limit on the amount of races you can do. So you can literally it can it can really favour someone like Van Brusik, who yes. who does a lot of races. Yep. You know, gets fourths and fifths and maybe maybe a podium occasionally. Um, you know, he does bloody every race in the year. So it would it could favour more the person who races a lot than the person who wins maybe three or four races. They don't have a ridiculous amount of races, so I, I kind of thought that as well. If this was a WTC thing, I mean, this, oh, you could be racing every single weekend, but in Europe, they don't have that many races, no. and I'm just uh, <laughs> pulling it up right now in terms of what they've so if got. So if, like, for example, if you were to win an iron distance race, you're going to win 500 points. Now, if you get eighth in that place, you're only going to get 60 points. Yeah. So, so that goes 500, 400, 300, 200, so on down. If you do a half win, you get 250 points, and the lowest points you get for fifth is 75 points. So you've got 15, 15 races across Europe, so it's not a ridiculous number of races. So you kind of think that if you said, right, I'm going to go down the challenge path this year and I'm going to do um, two fulls and three halves or something like that, then you probably, I think you probably stand a pretty good chance of uh, being pretty high up in the rankings. So I think it's a cool idea. They've got to keep doing things differently. It is interesting when we think about the ranking system that WTC have. There's no reward for being successful in it. No, you know what I mean. Like the reward is you get to go to Kona, but mm. but really that's kind of like 
in the men's it's 50 50 guys get that reward and in yep. the females it's 35 you know like we always kind of say you know we we kind of keep an eye on who's going to Kona I wonder if the Joe Public who's doing their Ironman no. she really cares about the, the point system or for Kona they, do they care who's ranked 8th versus who's ranked 38th yeah whereas if you kind of said uh, the point system actually represented money as well you know would that make more in public interest or even just interest in the pros actually you know because it's almost like once I've got to Kona who cares yeah you know oh, so exactly. if you, you know like once you're kind of in that get to a certain level of points you probably know okay I'm going to get to Kona this point system doesn't really matter to me anymore it's kind of dead to me I see you do a fantastic job with their point system as well you know if you're high up in the points they have a really big prize bonus pool there's a bloody hair on this this uh, this Pull it out. Pop thing. I can't see it though. It keeps, <laughs> it keeps getting nose. my nose. It's bloody Maybe it's your own nose here pushing back yeah. up. <laughs> um, so ITU do a fantastic job. They have a big prize pool. But the other big advantage that you get if you're a high-ranked athlete is A, you get entry into races, which yeah. for the top guys isn't really an issue. But you get to choose your position on the pontoon, which can be quite Especially a big advantage. Especially that kind of racing, isn't it? So yeah. I, I kind of wonder if there's a few other little things they could do but yeah I totally agree WTC I think would people would be more motivated to do WTC races if they introduced some, something like this I imagine and, if they did have it like highly unlikely but if they had a massive you know top 10 payout yeah you know like a really massive mm. and they said that you know they could do what they could say is they could do um Oh, there's so many other Every other bloody do. sport does it just about. Yeah, you know, we'll look at ITU, they've actually put more emphasis on that than mm. a championship race, haven't they? Mm. So, okay, we've got a few races coming up. John, we've got Ironman Switzerland's coming up. We have. Last year, Boris Stein took it out in 8.33, and Daniela Reef took it out in 9.13. And the current course records. Oh, Ronnie Shieldnick, man. That guy Killed dominated that race. this race from 2007 to 2013. Uh, he won it every single year. Very impressive. Um, that is pretty impressive, isn't it? And this year, he's back again to try to race it. Uh, again, a lot of these races this time of the year, the fields are going to be dominated by one or two. You've got Michael Rado racing. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, well, um, you'd put your money on him, wouldn't you? So he ha he must have done a, a race somewhere because he is rated on Torsten's rankings. I know he did Ironman Regensburg a few years ago, but I can't recall if he has done another race or not. So he's only seeded sixth, but he could absolutely crush it if he's in the same sort of form. Now, that uh, he now has he qualified for Kona? No, certainly not. No. no. Hey, you've got to do an Ironman and be points wise. Would he? Well, we can have a look in a moment. Okay. But uh, yeah, so Ronnie Shilnick, uh, Matt Trotman, who is a South African, he should be right up there as well. And then Alessandro Di Gisipiri from Italy and David Pleese, so your top guys, along with Mike Aragos and then Michael Raylert. So yeah, it could be interesting day at the office. On the girls' side of things, a much smaller field. A lot of girls starting to pull out a race, or well, not, not pull out, but Corinne uh, Abraham was listed to start. She's not racing, apparently. Mary Beth Ellis, the current ITU world long distance champion, uh, is set to pretty much dominate the dojo. You've got Beth Gerds from the States and Ma Maureen Hulf from Germany also seated in there, and then uh, don't really recognise many of the other names. So good luck, and hopefully. Um, oh, he's on 55th. Michael Rayleigh at 55th, he's got 3,000 points. So if he wins this, this is a 2,000-point race. That'll take him up to what uh, should so be. So he's not far off. So yeah. basically, yeah, if he got 2,000 points, how many points would he get for the win? 2,000. Oh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So where did he get all his points then? Click on his name and it'll tell you where okay. he got them from. He got uh, 7.3 Mandura, uh, Miami, and Ballarat. 
three three seventy yeah, point three yeah. one or three seventy yeah. point. So maybe he's just doing this to try to get the, the qualification. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he could add another. So like basically, you currently to get because top fifty when does the wind shut off? Twenty eighth of July. So the, these races, yeah. Okay, well, well, really, he's going to get there because if we look at it, he's only a hundred points off fifty. But there's only the top forty go through. Oh, top forty! I yeah. thought the top forty have got. Oh, this is the first plug. Okay, so in that case, he needs another. 900, 900 points based on the other people who are kind of in front of him don't go much higher but um, you know Javier Gomez isn't going to be there yeah. so um, basically he's got 15 guys in front of him and there's a, about five, 900 points difference between where he is so if he you know if he kind of podiums he's going what, what does third get? Uh, 460 and a half points oh, nice work I knew you know that for heart. <laughs> that's why I always ask you the hard questions John Newsom um, so and his brother Andreas Raylu is, is, is still off pace as well is he? so he's at 49 points oh, 49th that. overall huh. so can't see him getting in then no it's probably no it's not going to happen is it okay so, um, well, and then we also have Ironman what's the next race job, Ironman UK oh wow last year Tams and Lewis took it out but well, she she's a mum as well she's a mum she's got all her mum photos on Instagram yeah you're a friend, Instagram friend I don't do oh, Instagram Instagram's good John uh, Cyril Vino took out last year's race in 8.44 here's a question John yeah. Is John Prime Road still racing? Rhodes, I'm sure Rhodes is still <laughs> racing. He won the race in 2005. Yeah. How Rhodes has been racing full time since I would estimate about 95. Yeah, I reckon you're probably right. Yeah. Because I remember when I started, he'd been around forever. Yeah. No, he was, and this is full time because I was, I went to Worlds, uh, easy. I went to Worlds in 94 and he was very much full time athlete. Is there a website? Let's have a look. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to do some okay. research on two people Brian Rhodes and Bella Bayless. Bella's baby, babied up as well. Yeah, but um, she got back into racing? Because uh, she's she babied up a little while ago. Yeah. yeah, she has done the odd race here or there. Because there was a while there. Bella was never that top, top tier. But man, she was dominant when she raced. Yeah. You know, she yeah. won Ironman UK three times. She was yeah. a great athlete. Yeah. Okay, I'll do so, my research. Job. Okay, racing in a UK this weekend. David Dallow seeded number one. Normally I would say there's absolutely no way in hell he's going to race um, and he probably just entered. But, you know, some of, some of these athletes do crazy things. But I can't imagine he's going to be on fire if he's racing, having done Challenge Rote at the weekend. But he was seeded number one on Torsten's ratings. Uh, Deris, De- Dennis Chevron, David McNamee, Victor Del Carrell and Joe Skipper is apparently going for the win he's had uh, some seconds and thirds and he had a great race in Texas earlier this year and Stephen Bayless is down to race so oh, maybe wow. Baylor will be over there supporting Stephen and so pretty small field it's a tough little course uh, in Ironman UK it's not a not a fast day at the office and then on the girls side of things Torsten's ratings have Lucy Gossage seated number one 9-20-51 and then a spate of withdrawals so you have Diana Riesler pull out Corinne Abraham pulling out Maureen Huff pulling out those names were all on the other start list as well uh, Michelle Vesterby she could be pretty strong I know she raced somewhere the last couple of weeks maybe a 70.3 or a challenge race so yeah, I think you'll probably see Michelle Vestavy versus uh, Lucy Gossage. Could be good racing. Joe Carrot's also there, another blast in the past. Oh, Joe Carrot! And, uh, yeah, so it's not looking like it's going to be a smoking hot day on the weather front. The the, the heat wave's gone through U- the UK, and it's just looking like a, a moderate temperature day. And well done to the Poms for spanking the Australians in the crackers. Oh, I have to say. I've got to say, if there's there's two teams that I despise in world sport, and one is the Australian cricket team. Who's that one? The English rugby team. Oh, okay. 
Well, the English rugby team. So, which is kind of ironic when I'm saying yeah. well, well done to the English <laughs> being the Why Australians. do you hate the so much at rugby? Oh, they're just annoying. Okay. I get the Australian cricket team. Yeah. You know what? It's such it's such a pity because they're such amazing athletes and they're just such just cocks. Absolute <laughs> wankers. <laughs> they really are. They've just got their heads so far up their asses. Oh, they're it's such dorks. And you just think, well, it's such a pity because... You, you, you've got to admire what they achieve yeah but then they, they let themselves down by being such dorks about it and so oh. then you just and maybe that's like you look at like a Mecca in our sport you know Mecca always did things that were controversial to put pressure on himself to test himself to deliver so maybe that's how they work but at the same time you just you, you just as a, someone an outsider you think what a dork and yeah. <laughs> and then you're really happy when the poms crush them you yeah. know like well, I was I, like I don't why would I be caring about a game of cricket between Australia and the UK but I was keep my eyes on the ESPN app and yeah yeah so come on Australians good stuff you speak more of your sportsman yeah. you know speak more of your sportsman yeah. um Jombo, Rhodesy, uh, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like he's doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. He's got I went to his website, he's on Twitter a little bit, but not not he's got highlights of his career. Here we go. First finished uh, first Kiwi to lead an Ironman from start to finish when he won uh, Malaysia twice. Yeah. Uh, he won Malaysia in 2001, 2002. He won Ironman UK in 2005. He won uh, Canada in 2008. Mm-hmm. He won he got second in Malaysia in 2009. Probably wouldn't have picked this one, John. Yeah. Victory at the Contact Triathlon Series in Timaru 2010. <laughs> 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 that one stands out as a highlight. Yeah. yeah so there you go. That's, that's Rosie's kind of... Uh, he was definitely a workhorse, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's a bloody good athlete in his day. Okay. Um, Coming up also this weekend, we've got the Kaiki Triathlon in Japan. Okay, uh, Jumbo, we've changed the date of our, our 10-year anniversary. We have. I was actually doing some planning the other day, thinking, getting ready for it, and uh, realised that the day that we were going to be doing our bike ride is the day of a race down here called La Race, which is uh, basically biking on the bike course that we had planned for ours. So, you know, I could change it a little bit and do it, do a different bike ride, but it's such a classic bike ride, I didn't yeah. want to change it. So we're just going a week later. And the other advantage of this is all you whinging Aussies who said... Let's <laughs> <laughs> pick on the Aussies today, oh, eh? God. I was, I, was, I was so happy. I love the Australians. The was it? Oh, you, the I'm cricket. So happy yeah, for sure. Uh, a but a number of people said, oh, we can't come because we're Ironman Melbourne. So it's now a week after Ironman Melbourne. It's now going to be the 25th, 26th and 27th of March. So Kiwis and Aussies doing Ironman New Zealand. Plenty of time to recover. And Ironman Melbourne people, you can pop over the week after and do some recovery training with us. The, um, the thing is about the cricket team is they'll probably come back <laughs> on the series. That's the thing. That's the thing is they are great sportsmen. But uh, uh, So Jonbo, you, you've been doing your pet project and you've done, I'll give you, I'll give you, you're doing well so far kind of report here. So so John Burr on the show a few weeks ago came up with this concept of having an I Am Talk Iron Race Guide. I didn't actually, I, I've got to say, I didn't come up with the concept, somebody else did, and I said, shall we do it? Yes, well, based on the cookbook, we're, we're all, uh, you know, I was a little bit sceptical to see if it would actually come to place, but John's actually created a, a web page on our website, which you can go to, and tell us how it works, John Burr. So, you, we, you slip, slip, blah, 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 blah. Tony Hodge is helping out on this, and what we're basically doing is we've got a page, it's basically a form you go through and fill out, and you choose your race, we've got all the challenge and iron or WTC races listed in there and if it's not one of them there's a little box where you can put in the name of the race and then just basic questions around you know, does the race sell out what's the swim start like swim course distri- dist- 
swim course description, any swim tips you might have, same sort of deal for the bike and a bike GPS map if you've got one, and then same deal for the run, and then a little few other tips around, you know, great place to eat, where to stay, things for the kids to do, post-race entertainment, all that sort of stuff, and just your general feedback on the on the race, and then uh, and then we're going. Tony Hodge has come up with a little website using WordPress or something like that, and we're just going to publish all this information, so you know you can get a bit more of a feel rather than the the, the public relations machine that says everything's wonderful about the race. It gives you hopefully a, a slightly more realistic feel about it, and also just some of the extra things to do. So we'll see how it goes. Tony's uh, onto the job, and I'm just going to start feeding the information to her. So maybe in a month or so maybe more, um, we'll have something up there and just slowly keep updating it. Yes, yeah, like it is a cool idea. This, the, the hair is really kind of, did you get it? I've still not got this hair. It's doing my head in. Well, why don't you just move the mic a little bit further away? Oh, <laughs> you always tell me to keep my mic my, my, my <laughs> yeah, close true. to the mic. Melina's the worst because Melina's such a soft-spoken guy. And I'm like, get a little bit closer, Melina. Get a little bit closer. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got the ITU update coming up. And this oh, week just, it's... So just in terms of oh. that, it'll be on our website uh, under... We'll, we'll put a link on our website. You haven't actually put a link to... Uh, it's, it's there's no, there's no drop-down. It's not visible yet. No. So we'll put a link on maybe community, under the community drop-down. Let me just see where I put it. You tell us about what's coming up this weekend. Okay, this weekend, John, but I'm really excited. I've stopped the whole weekend. I've said, Joe, we're not doing anything this weekend because the ITU update, it's heading to Hamburg, John, there's a sprint. And it should be good. It should Time zone should be quite good. You'll be able to... What time is it? It'll, it'll probably be in the morning hour time, so a late afternoon in, in Germany. So you'll be able and this to is out. on Sunday morning? Uh, not 100% sure on the day. You could, it'll be Sunday or Monday. Okay. Uh, oh, or Joe, you Joe's can, really excited. Or you can get your no-brainer, but a very cheap subscription to Triathlon Live TV, and then you can watch it at your leisure. Oh, really? And they don't do any spoilers, which is really good, so you can go on there, and if you, ha- if you don't know the result... John, speaking of spoilers, I hate One News for doing that. Do you hate that? I don't watch One News anymore. What do you watch for sport? Oh, that's what you watch, Prime. Right. But Prime probably does it as well. We're going into the break... They tell you all the results of what you're about to watch on the news. <laughs> That's my hidden. I always make sure I pass for it. You want to watch the news, and you might want to see what's happened. You want to kind of see a, a detailed report of what happened. And they go, oh, in the tennis, Dokovic won the game. Oh, you just killed the whole sports section for me. Yeah. So I fast forward that, John. Oh. That's my hidden. Jombo. Okay. So there's going to be a whole other tab even along the top, and it's going to be the I Am Talk Race Guide. Okay, there we go. He's going to put that in. Yeah. That's very good. Okay, Jombo, uh, just one thing. Oh, so Sprint, who's going to take it out? Um, we'll go with Mario Mola and boys. Oh, Mario Mola, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so good with your ITU. <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> and girls, girls, so things. I mean, heck, if Gwen Jorgensen's racing, I mean, she's unbeatable. Even at sprint. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a bit boring. Yeah. Huh. She might be like. It is enabled, Bevan. Anybody can now go onto our website oh, and the I am Talk Race Guide. We might need to update our website, John. We might need, maybe need to spend some money on our website. Because now what Google are doing is if you're not responsive design, they're not putting you up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Google have made this rule that basically you have to be mobile friendly, mm-hmm. and now what website isn't. And so, uh, you've got to, you, which you can do in Squarespace, but it's a bit of a, you almost spend some money, John. We need some more patrons. Yeah, come on, patrons. <laughs> Shut up patrons. We need your website. We need you, patrons. I need to do it from my own website, which is doing my head in. Okay, John, but just one thing that's outside of our world. I've got my other podcast, Fitness Behaviour, and uh, I never really talk about it on this show, but it's a show that I do every two weeks, and um, and the way I do it is that one week, it's very much just me talking around a subject, and then the next time I do the show, it's interviews. Mm-hmm. 
And a couple of weeks ago on I Am Talk, I talked about the book that's really probably been the best book that I've read in the last couple of years called Make It Stick uh, by three authors. And one of them was a guy called Peter Brown. And I managed to actually get Peter Brown on the show to do an interview about this book. And it was, it's, seriously, guys, it's a brilliant interview. So the book's called Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning. And it's, it's very much around how we have traditionally learned mm-hmm. and how that's kind of very ineffective. And then what are the the scientifically proven ways to show that how to learn more successfully. So we actually, and if we think about learning, what's the point of learning? So that I have information that I understand and that I can still trying Seriously, to figure out this here. This bloody here. I just can't see it anywhere. No. I could have a ginormous here. Great I, I don't think it may be your own here nose. But, um, and so it, it's got all these great strategies. Seriously, team, I, I highly recommend getting hold of the book, Make It Stick. But at the same time, if you want to check out, a, which I believe was a really, really good interview, this guy was a bit of a rock star, um, go to my website, bevanjamesiles.com, or go to iTunes and just download Fitness Behaviour or wherever you get podcasts from. Um, I'm on it. I'm listening this week. Yeah, seriously, I, it was great stuff great stuff and I really I made sure you know when you when you get a lot of authors some authors don't like to give away their concepts away but I made sure I got oh, a lot of the good concepts out of them and it's um, so yeah. you don't need to go and read the book no you do actually because the book adds so much more depth like I I'm not into that I th- do think you really want to read the book because the book is really well written and it really gives you the tools you really walk away from an understanding of how I need to shift my learning process um, so check it out Be- uh, my podcast fitness behaviour and you can get there at bevanjamesiles.com I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes on dub 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 I am talked up me. Okay, Jonbo. Athlink sponsor. Question for you, Bevan. Here we go. Go. What year did you do the Rootburn Classic? Oh, that's a really good question, John. Mm. I'm going to say 2010. Incorrect. Nine? Yes. Uh, see, what would happen if you wanted to go back and see what times you did? You'd have to. Go I wouldn't have a clue. Rootburn I think I got seventh. Did I? You did. Yeah, you'd have to go back to the website, find it. What year did you do the? The Twizel Pyramid Run. Ooh, I'm going to say 2007. Correct. Well I, done on that. I had, a good, I had a good run there. No, I didn't. I was stuffed up. Third. Yeah, I know, but Nat, Nat Ingram beat me. Oh, really? Yeah, broke my heart. Oh. Because what happened was, Twizel was quite a cool run, because basically you, you, it was an off-road run, but you run up this... Cr- I've had it. i had it. <laughs> well, do this, do this. Turn it around. There we go. <laughs> He's losing the plot over oh, nose. Yeah. There we go. That'll do. It's <laughs> kind of fucking disaster. <laughs> it's just the pop filter is the thing that goes in front of the microphone, and it's a sort of meshy thing, and it's clearly got something stuck in it. And now I've sort of got a cable pointing <laughs> in my face, which isn't much better. Looks worse. Pull the cable around. Oh god! Oh, this is sorted out. I'm talking about the pyramid run. So I did this pyramid run, and it was quite a cool race design because basically you just had this crazy little steep hill. At the beginning of the race, and then it was a flat run, and me being a strong look, like I was always a strength athlete, yeah. wasn't I? So I blasted up this hill, got to the bottom. I think it, there was one guy who was miles ahead of everyone, yeah. and then I was in second, and I was feeling good. And then the legs just, I paid the price of going too hard up that hill, and then Ingram passed me, and, and I just couldn't stay off him, did my head him. And what about what year did you do the Christchurch Marathon? First time. Oh, you've already done it once. Maybe 2001? Oh, you're probably quite good at this. I thought you'd be really crap. This <laughs> is my, my point I'm is, just proving your theory. Um, is it, there's so many of these events well, I've done it twice, haven't I? I think I've done it twice. I did it one time as you an off-year. claimed one on athletes. Yeah. Anyway. I did one year I did like a 246. This was 248, this one. Yeah. And the thing is, it's bloody hard to remember what years you do races. And if you go onto the 
event website, even if it does still exist, then you've got to try to remember exactly what year you did, scroll through results and find your own. If you're not on it's all there. I could have answered those questions. Well, I think the difference is, up. A, you've raced so much more than me. So if you're someone who races mm. a lot, this is definitely important. B, you've kind of asked me when I wasn't racing a lot. So like at my first marathon, I remember. Mm. And then after Ironman, I, didn't, I haven't done a lot of racing. So mm. you've kind of asked me those races. When I was doing a lot of racing, like lots of cycle racing and, mm. you know, God knows any of those are results, mm. which would, does do my head in because there are a couple of cycle races I did where I'm quite proud of how well I placed mm. and uh, I can't remember the races and I can't remember how I placed. So. so there you go. Get it all updated on Athlinks and it keeps the results of all your races. If the websites turn over or you know, the events roll over, then at least you've got some results on there and you can go back and relive those memories. So check it out, athlinks.com. Okay, Jumbo. We had a discussion of the week last night based on a question we got around moral, moral fibre when it came to racing. And uh, the question was, we've had some cool emails coming through about people doing selfless acts for others at races. So this week, we want to know what are the coolest acts showing moral fibre you have seen when racing. Mm. You can go first, Jumbo. Chris Hitchings. I wasn't at the race, but I read about it. Back at the beginning of the, in June at the Bala Middle Distance Race, a competitor, apologies, I forget his name, suffered a sudden cardiac arrest on the bike. Oh, wow. Other competitors stopped their race to try and help with CPR, etc., until medical support arrived. Unfortunately, the guy didn't make it. Oh, wow. Well. Mm. That's not good. No. No. Oh, Jumbo, one thing we've forgotten the news. Was this, or was that coming later on? Go back later on. Okay. Uh, Christine McKinley. Some guy on a scooter told me I was a bit too close to the guy in front of him. <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> Val Fong's got a gold one here. Massive pothole in the bike course at a ra- at, of a race caused by a crash, taking out about five people, two resulting in an ambulance, one with a broken collarbone. A friend of mine who was racing got off his bike, stood in the pothole so no one else would get hurt, and helped the race marshals detour participants. Gave up his own race wow. for the safety of others. That is That's pretty cool. Good effort. Joanne Bex is good. I stopped in uh, Adelaide Marathon as this guy was staggering all over the place. Volunteers didn't want to send him out. Uh, but had no phones to contact me medical. I know. Excuse me. I know. You should have a bloody phone. Uh, so I walked with him a few kilometres and gave it to some guy with goo shots and uh, whatever I had. He soon felt better and ran off, finished way before I did. Saw him at the finishing line throwing up. <laughs> There's another gold one here. Brett Chan, uh, Brent Chan, announcement made pre-race and an announcement was made pre-race and an age grouper gave up her bike so that a pro whose bike was damaged by an airline could race. Wow, that is a big one, isn't it? It is not very nice of them. Very it, nice. I suppose it depends on the race. If you're, like, there's no way I'd do that if, if it was my A race. No. But, but, you know, if it was just some local triathlon and I was, you know, but didn't necessarily care about the result, maybe I'd do it. Mm. But if for my A race of the year, there's no way. I've I'd got do another that. gold one here. Mike Reardon. I bring an extra roll of TP, toilet paper to T1 to share with others. Where's this? Where's this one? It's further down. Uh, as you know, more often than not, the porta potties run out. Good karma to start the day. Nice. Neil Cooper's got, I uh, tried to boost the self-esteem of an age group competitor by telling that he could get a job at Sky teaching David uh, right. Bransford. Bransford. Who's he? Uh, he's a, uh, the director of uh, oh, Sky. Team Sky. Okay. Team Sky. Uh, how to organise a team time trial. No, I've got to say, they did pretty well day before, well, yesterday. 0.62 of a second off winning the team time trial. Jombo, are you loving the Tour de France? Loving it. Day is it a good one this year? Day off today. Uh, it's been interesting so far. It's all about to kick off tomorrow. Really? Who's going to win it? Uh, Froome's looking pretty good. But the guy who took us 0.6 of a second off yesterday, did, did he, has he got he's, a chance? The American uh, guy? He's in third. Eh, he's got a chance. Froome's going to win it. It'll be f- it's a problem with Tour de France, but because you, 
It's almost like you know too early. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, there's some pretty dominant players. Yeah, I know, but it's a pity that it wasn't like the last two days. It really depended on it. There's always the intrigue. You know, all he needs to do is have one bad day, and it's uh, mm. and it can change pretty quick. I would be fascinated if the Tour de France was an individual sport. It would it'd never go that way. But if you had a hundred individuals, no teams and shit going on, it'd be a totally different race. Yeah, but the, does it just get manipulated by people paying other competitors? It would do, but let's, yeah. let's, let's take the high road. In a non-corrupt world, In a non-corrupt world, you just get these guys going on these crazy breakaways, and you go, "Oh crap! Should I chase it down?" But now the team chases down. Anyway, we're gonna crack on. Um, this week's discussion. Make a jumper. What do we got? What is the weirdest prize you have won at a race or received in a race bag? Oh, okay. Because nice. uh, good old John um, Ballard, he got an ashtray <laughs> at one race. <laughs> what race was, was this? It's it some been, European race. No, surely. it was in America. It, I think it was at Tempe in Arizona. Really? Why would you give an ashtray? And he, he, he got some prize. I'm not sure if this was in his race bag as well. He got something else and he sent me a picture like what the hell is that and he, he didn't know what it was as well it may have been like a it was just some ornamental type thing and then on ashtray somewhere else so in arizona they do did your parents smoke like, no oh, my, both my parents smoked when they both gave up because my parents were very young i think they both gave up when they were like 23 or 24 but for my first few years of my life my parents smoked and ashtrays you just forget about them when you know like mm. the old ashtray I had, to, I had to clean the ashtrays I knew my place mm. <laughs> in the house okay Jombo so that's this the week's discussion weirdest prize you've won or the weirdest thing that you've got in a race bag okay I'm going to put some music on Jeez, man, I stuffed up then, didn't I? I pointed it, yeah, and yeah. I didn't start. It was kind of supporter of the week as well. I'm happy to expand age grouper of the week into supporters. From oh, time well, because in the this past... Is, this is a good one. Okay, well, Adam Laycock sent You still through. can't nominate yourself, though. No, you can't nominate yourself. No. Remember years ago we had this one guy, we had one guy who sent us like 20 emails just trying to... And, and okay, admittedly our system is pretty full because if you want to, you can write it from somebody else, yeah. you know, like, oh, my friend John, yeah. you know, sends through this email... And he just kept going, can I please nominate myself? And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> okay, Bill, uh, where would we say? Wall Boys? Wall Boys. Wall Boys. Uh, is a veteran supporter of his son-in-law, Gavin May, at many Ironman events all over Northern Hemisphere and Hawaii twice. Last summer, summer, Bill was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, a terrible disease which is well known within the triathlon community. Bill asked if he could see Gavin race one more Ironman before travel became impossible for him. So Gavin and four other Athletes race Ironman Lanzarote supported by 30 friends and family all wearing the blue shirts of the MND charity with athletes in bright green fusion tri suits. Gavin also sporting lime green hair and a blue beard. Support throughout the day was brilliant by the whole crowd and from talking to other athletes, our support team was fairly vocal too. The race was all that the Ironman should be about aspiration, commitment, achievement, but most of all, the lasting memories that somewhat something very special happened for a man who has never taken part but is more of an Ironman than I could ever hope to be. I have now cracked... The AM, so off together myself. I hope you can give Bill on the oh, show boys. the supporter of the year. Yeah, I think that's outstanding. That's from Adam Bluebeard. There's something cool about the supportive parent, hey? Oh, yeah. Well, these are uh, 
parent in law. Parent, in, that's even more impressive. Mm. You know, like come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the in laws. It's funny. I, uh, Joe's mother had her seventieth the other night, and I, I'm lucky because really, like, the in laws are great. But at class, I was talking about it in my class, and I did the old put your hand up if you like your in laws. Yeah. <laughs> and then put your hand up if you don't like your in laws. Yeah. That was a fifty-fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. Well, Brian, Bill, 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 was, Bill was not one of those guys. Outstanding for supporting Gavin and great uh, Gavin to go out there and. Um, do something good for the man that's been uh, supporting you all the races. So, Bill Warboys, you are our age supporter of the, week. of the week. Oh, yeah, okay, supporter of the, of the, of the week. Yeah, I need to shout Nice out work, it. love it. Love it. Thanks, Adam, for sending that through. Okay, John, one, two, three. Stats-tastic. Statistic. It's fantastic. fantastic. Okay, John, Bo, last weekend in uh, Germany. No. And where was that? Klagenfurt. Klagenfurt. Yes, Moreno van Helnecke. Dominated the dojo. He did. Tell me the stats, John. We've got it. Uh, this is from uh, John from Try Two Four Seven. It's an interesting stat here. So we know that Marino won uh, Klagenfurt, and he absolutely smoked it with a massive big sub eight hour performance. But he also, as we said on the show uh, a week or two ago, he also went sub eight in Brazil just four weeks before. That's amazing. But the stat here is well, there's two stats. Marino now joins Maca with the most career sub four sub eight hour finishes so he's got four of those and perhaps more interesting so this is stat two you get double stats oh, pick it up I'm pretty so excited. excited I can't even spit it out yep. so more interestingly he is the first man to ever record two sub eight hour performances in one year oh wow and he's done it four weeks apart impressive do you think Mecca gets hurt by the fact that you know because you look outside of Kona Mecca was phenomenal you know, like, you know, like we had four sub-8s, and that was at a time where sub-8s were pretty rare. Mm-hmm. You know, we do see more of them nowadays. You know, mm-hmm. the quality of the athlete as a, as a general is, is, seems to have improved over the last few years. But when Maka was in, a sub-8 was a very, very special thing. You know, mm-hmm. it was, you wouldn't see one every year, would you? No. And, uh, and outside of Kona, he was very dominant. Uh, yeah, he was. Yep, yep. But, he, you know, he had some great races. I mean, he won Ironman Australia maybe Five times yep. or so, he but rote. usually there there wasn't a great field. But he won rote when there was strong he, he fields. He won rote, but he also got beaten in rote. You know, he had some great battles with Lothar Leader, and um, so yeah, he was and, and yeah, he won over at all distances. Well, so it, it was great. Obviously, goes down as a legend. Don't get me wrong, um, but there was that kind of first six seven years of his career where he kind of failed at Kona, Kona when he was succeeding elsewhere. Yeah, you know, and I wonder if he'd won. You know, Mecca potentially could have been a guy who won four or five or six races, um, but you know. I suppose that lives in history, John. So check it out, try247.com. And John on there has got uh, all the reports, but he's also got keeps a, an updated list of the sub-eight men and also the sub-nine ladies, which will be updated uh, even more from the weekend. Okay, Jonbo, I'm going to put some music on. Here we go. Coach's Corner. That music was really applicable for you because yep. it's modern, high-tech, yep. uh, fashionable. I'm liking uh, it. It's just I'm like you. It. Yep. Also, what is very fashionable is the ASB Auckland oh, Marathon. Well done. Yeah. Well done. You spun it around. I like it. Yeah. So the ASB Auckland Marathon is on the 1st of November. Are you still doing it? Yes. You are going to do it? Yes. How's your foot? Uh, the calf is not good, but I'll be right by the 1st of November. Well. Yeah. Yeah, this Queensland Marathon hasn't gone off well. No. One two months now. I might have to pull out Queenstown actually. Not that I've even committed. That's why I did it because I've got to go to Sweden for work. John, here's a question: People in 
I'm, going, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to Sweden for a week for work. So I might as well do some tagging on along the way. I was thinking about going to London for a few days, but as the person was saying, the World Cup's going to be on then. Right. So it's going to be stupidly expensive. So thinking, oh, maybe I won't do that. Um, Sweden would be a fantastic place to spend a few extra days just cruising around. But what about Munich? No, I'd just go where you are. I mean, you just lose, if you've only got a week, you lose so much time in traffic. No, 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 I'm thinking post-work. So I've got to be there for a week for work, yeah. and then I fly, so the flight options I've got is to go Munich, LA on the way home, which I think I'll do a few days in LA, because I love LA. Um, and I was thinking, well, we'd just stop and spend a few days in Munich? No. Nah. Not that I've been, not that <laughs> okay. I've No, I'd stay in Sweden. I'd do the, or somewhere in um, Scandinavia. Okay. It'd be awesome. There we go. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just listening to John Newsom. So anyway, ASB Auckland Marathon is November 1st. I'm doing it. And it, uh, months ago, when was it? Uh, April. You managed to scheme a free entry for someone. Yeah, well, I said. So do you, anybody who wants to join me on the start line, just tell them. But you have to say what you're going to do for your um, for your local tri community or anything like that. And there was there's hardly anybody responded, but a couple of people did. Um but they didn't really say, give me, give me good reasons to do it. You know, pa- pa- Pavel Chalice said, I don't know if I really want to, but I definitely will. <laughs> Pavel, I'm not sure what you're going to do. It's not yet. a convincing <laughs> argument. Pete uh, Barton, I volunteered, marshaled at my local school's triathlon and my local kiddies' trikathon. For me, it's about getting children into this great sport. So nice, like it, Pete. Uh, yep. Ben Cobra, taking clients on extra private sessions to help them achieve their goals, holding nutrition sessions and personal nutrition plans, love the nutrition plans, nice work, um, travel to events to support them and advertise and promote their local events. But you, you're, in the biz, you're in the business, so it's kind of add-ons. So, But James Wilson says, I'll marshal the hell out of every JD duathlon if that's what it takes. And oh, James there we Wilson, go, you see that? You're taking it. James Wilson's getting an entry to the ASB Auckland Marathon on the condition that he doesn't beat me. So he's from Can he Christchurch. Can he beat you? He's in pretty good f- shape at the moment, and he's about a 35-minute. He wants to go sub-35 minutes for 10K. Okay. So. At the moment, if I had to go and do a 10K, He'd if my you. calf was okay, I'd be, it'd be a bit of a ding-dong battle. Okay. So if you're peak, you, you're going to smash him. Mm. But if you're not peak, he's got a chance. Yeah. So James yeah. Wilson, you're on the start line. Okay. Well done, James Wilson. Okay. Have we got, an age, have we got a coach's corner section? We have. So we had a question in. Michael Rowe. Michael Rowe. I was listening to your latest podcast with Frederick Kronberg and he said he did most of his training indoors like Andrew Robert Potts. Learned something every day. Didn't know Andrew Potts no, had, Robert. had Robert in the middle. No, I but know I don't anybody. know many pros' middle names. And I didn't know people called him Andrew. It's usually good old Andy Potts. Yep. I live in Southern California where I can ride outdoors all year round. Lucky you. Am I missing out on something? Should I be on a trainer doing more structured workouts or intervals? If so, should I also be doing more run training on a treadmill? Mm, good luck. Good Michael question. Rowe. Good work. I love my trainer, and I'm on it all the bloody time at the moment. But that's because you've got kids. Here we go. Here's in summer, are you on it all the time? Uh, I'm in there on there regularly in summer as well. Is that because of kids? Here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Train, the advantage of the trainer, it's yep. safe and warm, which okay. is it's bloody freezing in Christchurch at the moment, so it's a, a nice place to be. You catch up on things you don't have time to do, like watching the Game of Thrones. Hunts. You watch Game of Thrones? No. Uh. So I'm loving it at the moment. I'm loving it every day. Except I did get an email from my internet service provider saying I've used 80% of my internet for the month. I mean, how many days are into it, are you? Luckily, I was towards the end. Uh. Go unlimited now. Is it but cheaper to go unlimited? This is the problem. I know we, I want to fi- finish the show in the next half hour, but then I rang up Vodafone. Look, uh, surely the, I, I don't think I'm on the right package. Oh, you're paying far too much. Yeah. I'm like, 
Hey, Thanks. it's not their job to tell you, John. <laughs> They're a business. They want to get as much Thanks money out of you as that. possible. So you're now going unlimited? Yes. And it's way cheaper, right? And it's saving me 20 bucks a month. See? No brainer. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, you, so you can watch Tour de France, which is fantastic. Big, some of the more serious pluses, it really reduces the, the amount of wasted time you have in yeah. terms of you can do much quicker warm-ups and get straight into your work. You don't lose half an hour getting ready. You don't, yep, you don't have to worry about stopping at traffic lights. You don't have to worry about punctures. You don't have to worry about waiting for people. Yep. Um, there's less, in winter, there's less gear involved. As Bevan pointed out, it's really good for when you've got kids because your partner can be out and you can basically be not looking after the kids, but you're still in the Put house. Put them in front of the TV Put them in front you of the TV. Uh, the smart trainers that I've got say the kicker and there's there's other ones out I go on about the kicker because that's what I've got but there are now Brilliant. similar trainers yeah, that amazing, are out there they? Um, they can force you to do the work if you've just got a standard trainer but what do you need to invest if I'm someone who hasn't got a any indoor gear like from scratch but I'm you know outside a lot and I'm gonna I, I need to get a good setup you know mid-range gear but that's gonna do you know what we need from the gear what kind of price point are we looking at? Well, you can just get a trainer and a power meter and that's still going to do a good job. So the smart trainers, so, uh, Wahoo is about $1,000 US. I don't know the exact yep. amount. The power meter is about the same amount. So if you're going down, if, you, if you're yeah, getting one or the, the other. The reason you like the kicker is because it gives you the tools to for a quality workout. You'd still get a, a good workout if you've got a power meter and you're using the online apps and stuff. Not yep. quite as good, but if I was going into this, I would be going, I'm going to get a power meter and a cheaper trainer yep. rather than going for a kicker with no power meter because then you can't use it in the race. Yeah. So if you're going down that path, you probably you know, say a thousand bucks for your for your power meter and then say five hundred bucks for a reasonably priced um Do you trainer. use do you use so they've got the apps where they're telling you what you're doing and Yeah. And then if you want to go down pre programmed path, workouts in. 10, 10 bucks a month for trainer road or there's other solutions out there as well. Yeah. Um, but I would say if you want to get the most out of indoor training, you definitely have to have power either via a uh, Wahoo kicker or something like that or getting a power meter. That is what makes a big difference. You can really make your workouts a lot more structured. Because I remember doing training sessions back in the day where we didn't have all this technology. And it was just a lot more challenging. Oh, it was just it was painful because mm. you're just boring and mm -hmm. you didn't have any really feedback because you didn't have the tools to actually tell you mm -hmm. what you're doing. So there was no kind of motivational tools to keep you on focus. It was, I hated training sessions. So it really um, requires you to be doing some structured workout. If you're just getting on there and riding and thinking, oh, I've got to ride for an hour and a half, it is boring as shit. Yeah. That being said, if you're on a kicker, then you can uh, you can just ride, ride a course. Um, and the other thing is, once you're on there, there's no real excuses. You know, when you're out on the road and it's, oh, it's a bit windy, you know, the road's a bit shitty. Or yeah, you how often do you pull out of the session just because it's windy? Not very often, but you may not put the effort quite in. as much effort okay. in. Um, whereas when you're on there and you've got your power numbers staring you in the face, it's like, oh, come on, pick it up. There are definitely some downsides though. Um, you forget what real conditions are like. So it's when you're on the trainer, it's always a nice temperature. It's always nice and smooth. And you kind of forget about the bumpy roads. You forget about the wind. And then if you just go out and do that in a race, it can sometimes throw you. So I think that's a real downside to it. Especially for the newer athletes, you don't develop your bike handling skills by going out and riding in the hills or riding in groups. And I think that's a real concern for newbies getting into the sport. If they do all their trainer on the kick, they don't develop those um, 
some of those skills that you, when you're out there on the road. Um, it's not really social, um, so but it can be. You know, if you can get a group together um, on the trainer, it can, certainly can be social. Uh, being outside in the sun and getting some fresh air is really good for you rather than being just stuck inside in, in your garage. And I think that's a downside to it. There's no downhills. And God, it's good when you get a nice downhill. You know, when you get a good yeah. spanking down from the hills, there's nothing, nothing. Well, even just not, like a big wind, feeling. you know? Yeah, tailwinds. Because tail you know? um, nothing beats a tailwind because you just think you're on fire. Yeah. Then you turn around and you realise it's still <laughs> not. Uh, it's obviously harder to do your longer workouts and it is a bit hard, harder on your butt. So I guess to come back to your question though, Michael, um, I do think that the trainer can help quite a bit. But I think the main thing to have is uh, probably the biggest thing that's changed for me is to have a power meter. And whether I'm going out and doing four by ten minutes on the trainer or whether you can do the same workout on the road, you're going to get the same sort of benefit. But I think the key thing for me, if you've got kids or if you are really time poor, the trainer is a very good tool for going, right, I've got one hour, let's make the most out of it. Versus when you do that on the road, you generally don't get such a high quality workout. But I think the key for, for the for why so many pros like it, and say Andy Potts or Frederick Cronenberg, is you can make it very, very structured. So, yeah, I think it's uh, got a lot of pluses to it. So it definitely is a place for trainers in people's kind yeah. of training world. And I think it can just be a good, efficient, really efficient use of your time. The other part of your question was around... Can, can I say one thing? I think one thing on top of that is to always go, what do, works best for me as an athlete? Because it, it, these, you know, John's given his advice here and it's great advice, but at the same time, there are things that just work for individuals. Mm-hmm. And I always think that one of your jobs as an athlete is to create great understanding of what works for me. And so, you know, you may want to trial train and it may turn out to be a great tool. It may not be for you. And that's the thing is that ultimately what gets higher quality training more often in my life hmm. and that's really what we want to be achieving so that may be a tool that works and so I think that, yeah, the overriding thing here the biggest thing the difference that's made for me in biking is a power meter and learning how to use that it just yep. makes you ride so much harder and so much more effectively whether it's indoor or outdoor it takes a little while to get the hang of it but there's so much more information out there. When you first started, you know, 10 years ago with power, you like, well, really don't know how to use this thing. Yeah. There's so much information out there now. It makes your biking so Are much Are you looking more at efficient. the Tour de France power files? No. Uh, no. Do they put them up? Uh, they mention them a bit like they do in the Ironman coverage. Yeah. I'm sure there's but some posted online. Okay. Uh, what about the, treadmill? The other question, I've, I've never really... Um, Gone on the treadmill. I find treadmills. I hate treadmills. Can't stand them. I was at a tree I run on a treadmill. Yeah. <sighs> but... There is some really good stuff you can get out of it. You know, like uh, I know Brett Sutton's used them quite a bit in the past. We had Jackie Gallagher on the show yeah. once uh, talking about how much she's done. I've seen Marinda Carfrey do quite a bit. So a lot of the pros use it and it's got similar benefits in terms of really working on your leg speed. It yeah. forces you to run at certain paces so it can really help with your cadence as well. So there's some real benefits to it. But It's, it's hard not, on the body. It's Yeah, it's, it's not a path that I've gone down just because... Just I just haven't. It is boring treadmills. Oh, you know. But you say the same thing about training. I'm sure there's ways you can make yeah. it less boring. And, and often the problem with treadmills is you just run. Whereas if you do some interval sessions on a treadmill, they can actually be like I've mm. got some cool interval sessions I do on a treadmill, and it absolutely blasts me. And you know, I find that quite rewarding. Okay, Jumbo sponsor. Extreme endurance. Good new labels, Jumbo. Oh uh, yeah. So we've talked about the Fuel Five, which is their new product. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. So check that out on xendurance.com. Got a good spread of different sources of energy. One thing I noticed when that came out, they got some cool new packaging. But then now they've come out with their new packaging for the Extreme Endurance and uh, the protein. They're calling it now Protein instead of formerly uh, Execute, and it is looking funky. 
That's it's cool. like X-Men sort of packaging, isn't it? It really is, actually. That's a good call. X-Men execute. Mm. Oh, you turn into an X-Men. Yeah. It's, yeah, Wolverine. Uh, yeah. And one thing I also say, one product that I just started uh, cracking back into yesterday, felt a little tickle in my throat. It's time for a bit more immune boost. Uh, back it up. One thing I will say, it works really, really well for me. If I ever do start to get a little tickle, I'm straight on it. And, uh, and it seems to really help just avoid things once you're deep in the heart of sickness it's not a miracle jug that's going to pull you out of that zania morrison uh and she's a bit sick (laughs) apparently she's very very sick and she sent through an order for some immune boosts and it's like a bit late (laughs) late, late. but uh i really i do find that it makes a big difference if you're just on the verge of getting sick i find it helps uh pull me out but just uh if you're if you're an extreme endurance user or a uh thinking about it just go on there the packaging is Pretty funky. Yeah, it is very cool. Really cool. They've, got, they've done, done a cross. The design has done a good job. They have. You love a good design, don't you? Oh, I really do. Yep, mm. I do. I think it makes it. It is interesting. I've done this TV proposal, and uh, and I put it through to the guy I'm working with. And the first one, I didn't do a great design, mm. and uh, and we needed to change some of the text. And then the second time, I put a lot of effort into doing a really beautiful design, and, and I'm quite. It looks great, um, and. Uh, it just makes such a difference. Like, you know, it does count. Mm. You know, it does really influence, you know, because suddenly you look at it and go, wow, this is really professional. It must be, as long as the words back it up. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Okay, extreme endurance. Check it out. Okay, John, questions and answers. Okay, Iron Cowboy, John. One thing that we're seeing a little bit on the internet around this Iron Man Cowboys, I got an email through this week from someone just kind of, you know, be careful of cowboys and kind of, there's a, there seems to be quite a bit of criticism. I can't believe it. I know. There seems to be quite a bit of criticism around the fact that he's using he's uh, swimming the drip, in pools. He's swimming in pool, maybe a little bit under a trainer at times. Like, I okay, don't get I, it. I, I, yeah, I don't get it either. Like at the same time, I think there's downfall, and this is what I said in this email. I said, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. It does seem that calling 50 Ironmans is a little bit off as he hasn't stuck to the Ironman rules, but at the same time, what he's doing is mind-blowing. His mistake may have been that he opened up uh, he's not been more open about how he's going to achieve this before he started. I think it's a pity if he gets hated on him because of this. So to me, in, in my mind, it's like he probably could have said, look, I'm going to try to get this distance done and here's some of the methods I will use to achieve this goal. And I think what people think is, well, he said he's doing 50 Ironman and he's not doing 50 Ironman right. So in that case, let's hate the crap out of him. Mate, anyway, you, I dare anybody to go out there and try to do 10 days of what this guy's he's doing. He's swimming 3.8Ks a day. He's biking 180Ks a day and he's running 42Ks a day. <laughs> I don't give a crap. If he does it in the pool, who cares? Yeah. If he does it on the... On the trainer? If he... If, if he rode 180 k's downhill, then I'd go, oh, come on, that's not quite yeah, right. Yeah, taking the piss. Or if he ran 42 k's downhill. But, oh. oh no, I wouldn't want to run 42 k's downhill. No. <laughs> no. He's up to day 35. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, I, I do get that you kind of go, oh, you know, it takes a little bit away from it. And I, I just think the downfall was he probably could have said, I'm going to do the distances. Here's how I'm going to do it hmm. A little bit beforehand Because I think As people have discovered These things It's taken a bit of a chink In the armour Of how they see him Being successful But once again I dare anybody Try to do 10 Ironmans In 10 days Yeah You know 50, Let alone 50 And even if you just did it All on the trainer In a treadmill mm. Blow your mind away So He's currently up to About day 37 now Is it? Well, he's, he's, his day 35 Is updated on That was July the 11th Today's July the 13th In America So he's probably Just a couple of days behind on on making those updates um yeah uh, did a 14 and a half there in vermont 
And the thing is, he's posting, for guys that don't follow this whatsoever, each day, I don't think it's he's posting it, but he's posting uh, his swim uh, data, uh, his bike data, and his run data, just to prove the, the pace of what, what, he's, what he's doing. So, you know, for, for, for example, on the run, his, his total time was 5 hours 37, but his moving time was 4.58, so whether he stopped to take photos or uh, he gets a massage along the way, don't really care. My, in my opinion, as long as he's doing the distance each day, counts for me. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it would be sad if the triathlon community ends up hating this guy mm. because he didn't do it the perfect way we went to do an Ironman every way. I don't think that was the idea of the event. And as we talked to David Warden last week, was the last week we had David on? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, know, that, you know, that's what this is about. Let's love on this guy. Guys, what he's doing is amazing and it's yeah. for a great cause. So, um, John, we got an email through from Luke. Luke, how to say one, try oh, Bursky. Crikey, yeah, that's, yeah, oh, I think I'm pretty close to you. Try yeah. Bursky. Uh, hope to find you well. Well, it's a, well, we found ourselves well. Um, I just wanted to touch base with your regarding the potential of getting myself and my crazy 2,000 kilometer and 12 day challenge from Morocco to Monaco on Iron Talk Podcast. Travis, Tromaine, uh, who we've had on the show before, and Tash, Iron Tash. Uh, very close friend. So, what, what, what is this email going, John? He's basically doing a, a twelve-day adventure, two thousand kilometres from Morocco to Monaco. And if you want to check it out, go to theultimatetriathlon.co. And when's he doing it? It's, it's not it's pretty, yet. Pretty pretty soon. And I said, "That's great. Happy to give it a plug on the show." And we'll talk to you once you've actually done it. You don't get the love until you've <laughs> until you've actually gone past that finish line. Yeah. That's so the way we've got an Iron Cowboy on once he gets uh, the finish He's swimming line. 400 laps of a 50-metre pool. He's Ugh. cycling, uh, or he's the equivalent of swimming 400 laps of a 50-metre pool, the equivalent of biking the length of Great Britain and then running 14 marathons. So check it out at theultimatetriathlon.co. And he's doing it in 12 days. Okay, we've got another email from Robert, Robert Breeling. Just in short, uh, a 40-year-old Australian died in Frankfurt. Too much water, too less salt. Advice to uh, drink when thirsty only and do add minerals. So uh, I don't know. I haven't mentally done it's a huge amount of research on this, but and yeah, that's a real. You know, we've heard before. It's it's pretty hard to. Well, no, it's, I think it's impossible to almost dehydrate yourself to death. Yeah. In an Ironman, but. As we've seen here, it is possible to. We haven't seen a lot of this, you know, a lot of the deaths we see in Ironman are just swim related. Mm. To see this is definitely a rare I event. I think this ha happened a bit more often in the sort of 80s and 90s when we were, be to we were being told drink, 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 drink as much as you possibly can drink. Yeah. Um, whereas I think things have gone down, but it was a ridiculously hot day in Frankfurt. Yeah, true. So the fact that somebody actually died from hyponatremia. So if you ever have any newbies or friends, I mean, it's a tragic accident, but anybody new into the sport, or if you're a coach and you're dealing with novice, not necessarily just novice athletes. I mean, if you're doing an Ironman, you're probably not uh, novice, novice, but just telling people that, yeah, drinking to thirst is the way to go and um, and making sure you're not you know, going crazy with your hydration leading into the race as well. You don't need to go over the top. So, yeah, not good. Uh, sad for the family. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've got an email through from uh, David Sobel, and he's just got, uh, just having... Oh, let me do this one, Ben, because okay. I've, I've sort of followed it. He went off and did uh, Challenge St. Andrews, which is uh, half in Canada this past weekend. thought I'd throw my experiences out there for consideration in the ongoing competition or war we'll have between Challenge and WTC. <laughs> so David's an experienced athlete. He's done seven full Iron Ironman races, uh, loads of 70.3s over the years, probably 30 
WTC branded races and he thought, you know what, I've heard Felix on the show, want to go and do a challenge race, so he went up to New Brunswick and uh, gave it a crack. Like anything, there's good and bad. First of all, St Andrews is a long way from anywhere. It's a gorgeous part of the world, a beautiful place to visit. The course is beautiful and well laid out from the swim through to the run. Fan support was great and the volunteers wonderful, but overall it felt like a really well organised local race, not a global branded event. Granted this was only the second year of the event, but it was still felt a bit underwhelming. Amazing course, the not so good, the lack of fanfare, the awards only went one deep, uh, no timing clock at the finish, just small things that maybe took away from the event uh, a little bit. So. Even uh, the smallest WTC branded event has the excitement of a major event, music, fanfare, etc. Little of this was evident at the Challenge race. I thought this was quite interesting because mm. um, Challenge seemed to be struggling a little bit in, in America in terms of really... Capturing the market. Capturing the market and also... The feel. Yeah, just the, the, the feel. So they do a great job across Europe. And in uh, Australasia. Yeah. Look, and, you know, and Challenge Monica's is an amazing race. Um, I thought, I wonder how they're trying to compete. And I looked at entry fees, and it's pretty comparable to 70.3. So this was a half-distance race. The entry fee was 259 Canadian versus, you know, a lot of the 70.3s are sort of in that 250 to 300 range. So they're not really winning on price there. I think the main difference here with the, these some of the challenge races, hits races, etc., is it's really hard to create an amazing buzz when you've got small fields. Mm. So this challenge race only had about 250 finishes. Um, so I think, I just want Because the thing is, if we go, let's say John and I go and do, you know, 70.3 in Taupo this year, uh, we often bring people with us, don't we? So mm. it's not just that, hey, John and I are turning up, you know, John brings the kids and the family and I bring my mum and my dad and Joe. And so it's, you know, if we've got a thousand athletes, then you've probably got, you know, three or four thousand people you bring into the area who are going to be out there supporting on the course. If it's only 250 people, then that, that number's a lot less. And so that kind of, the feeling of the race gets hurt a little yeah, bit too, do, doesn't it? You can, do, you can do everything you want, but if you just haven't quite got that thing. And I kind of, what worries me is we're becoming... Everybody just wants to do the massive big events and all the little events. And that's sort of the standard. You go, oh, I don't want to do that race. It's certainly got 100 people in it. And it is a bit of a concern, I think, for, for a lot of the small local races, whether they're just going to shrivel up and die because all the, you know, the, the hardcore athletes just want to go and do big events with 2,000 people. Um, I love going and doing little races with 100 people and nobody there watching. It's just old school stuff. So. But at the same time, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, Challenge are trying to be a competitor to WCC. Mm. And so, you know, that, that's something that they need to keep working on in this American part of the, because as we say, you go to any other Challenge race in the world, it seems, or our experience and a lot of the feedback we get from the listeners is that just over delivers. Whereas in America, or at least this experience tells us that this guy was a little bit underwhelmed by the experience. And so mm. it's something they really need to probably puts a focus on one of the things is you know when you go to cool locations so this place sounds like it's wicked you know awesome St Andrews but it looks like it's out in the middle of nowhere and so then you're not going to get your locals sort of turning up yeah to, you know, you're going to have a much smaller local pool of athletes and so on so it sounds like they did a great job with the race did lots of things right missed out on a few of the little nice things like timing clocks and things like that so well, well organized but um, still lacking the the numbers in terms of really making you know making these events really big so I think athletes expectations you know if, uh, I was having this conversation with uh, an athlete I coached yesterday you know, who's going I've got these there's two races I could go and do on this weekend there's a hits race um, or there's a, a 70.3 and I said well you know depends what you want depends what we want to get out of this I want you to get a good training day out of it and you're going to get probably the same out of both of them but if you want that big event 
experience and you pay pay a bit more for it then go to the 70.3 if you're happy just to go for a training day yep. and have a you know just do you know, and then you can really stick to your numbers you're not going to have the big drafting packs and so on then yep. go and do the hits race so yeah I don't know and yeah, it's interesting. Well, and the thing is, I we really want challenges to succeed in America because it's good competition, you know. Mm. And so, fingers crossed, they can, you know, those things keep improving. Okay, Jobbo, you got no pages on my list. I've got some on my list. So here we go. Here you go, Stefan. Big yeah. Bang. Big Leonard. Bang. Yes. You know why I went for Big Bang? That's a good one. I don't know because his surname is is Leonard. It's not oh. Le- not Leonard, but Leonard. And Leonard is off the Big, yeah, Bang, Big Bang Theory. Theory. You love Big Bang Theory, don't you? You love Big Bang yeah. Theory. Joe loves it too. Good. It's a great program. Eric, the resuscitator. Feel <laughs> What's that one come from? I don't even know how to pronounce your surname, Eric. Uh, he's O2 Creations. Oh, okay, nice. So O2 Creations, I think in O2. Yeah, He's nice. a resuscitator. Yeah. Mandy, T-Mac Towler. We've had her before. Okay. Neil, the Ninja Stafford. Nice. And James, the Golden Goose, got Eck. Is it a new one? It is a new one. Why Golden Goose? He well, delivers the eggs. He does. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the guy we had on recently who has got cancer, I think it is. Oh, and okay. he did the 70.3 with yeah, WTC, yeah. got him to do the, the run, and I just thought... Golden Goose. Gold, Golden Goose. Delivers. Okay, Jombo sponsors are... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Yo, like the buffer for new cool labels and obviously our patrons. Guys, if you want to be a patron, just go to www.imtalk.me, click on the patrons link, go through the process and you can support us in doing what we do here and maybe even get a new website. So that'd be fantastic. That'd be kind of cool. I would like a new website. We're, we do need one. We actually seriously old. do because mm. you need responsive design nowadays. Jumbo, um, what you got? That's my goss. Went to roller derby Friday night. Roller Pick it up. Whoa. What put that on? <laughs> mate ran me up and said, I'm going to roller derby. You guys want to come? I said, oh, yes. First of all, where do they do roller derby? Cal Stadium. Basketball court. And is it entertaining? Hey, Joe. Um, it was better than I expected. So, so I had so, no. So, but, but I don't know. They basically roll around in circles and smash each other, don't they? Pretty much. Girls' <laughs> sport. I, I, it could not be a guy's sport. Would be I, too I, violent. I don't know if, if guys are allowed to play. It would just be horrific. Really? You basically go around a circle and uh, you've got four people in your team. And you're trying to protect one person. Like, how yeah. Does it work? So, each person you got one on each team is at the back, and you're going to kind of got to get through the pack and then do a lap, and then you start scoring points. So, do, are we both going in the same direction? Yes. And they're so both going in the same direction, and they're trying to barge each other, basically. You, you, you're. What was the name of the? <laughs> I love that you, you went got to, to the You've got to try to get past, and they're trying to block you. <laughs> and then if you get a lap up, then you each time you pass someone, you get more points. So you can. It's, yeah. And how long does the, does the round go for? It goes for quite a while. And I think it is called around. <laughs> um, today, my roller derby. We didn't stay for the whole thing. We just watched uh, part of it. What does it cost you to go to roller derby? It was fifteen bucks to get in. Was um, it money well spent? Yeah, it was okay. They could. They had the, the sound wasn't right. They had some commentators there, and you couldn't really hear a word they were saying. Oh, Cal Stadium is hopeless for about. It's too yeah. echoey, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, could have done better, but fifteen bucks you can't complain too much. With heaps of but, oh! Oh, it was, they were a lot better and more skillful than I thought. I thought it was going to be crap. <laughs> I really did. My expectations were very low. But it was quite cool just watching it and trying to learn the rules. And then actually, yeah, some of it was pretty skillful. Much of a crowd? Yeah, it was pretty full. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So roller derby. <laughs> yeah. I went to the roller derby. It did. Didn't even know it existed in Christchurch. I did know. I did know because one of our runners does it, and she's mm. right into it. You know, she loves it. It'd be good fun. It would be good fun. It'd be well. Injuries must be. Uh, kind of a GKCC for that stuff. Yeah. 
because you're on skates, if it was running, you know, you can only get so much force when you're on, on skates. So. But you're so tippy as well, and you must fall yeah. into things funny. Yeah. Didn't see anything mate, too major. Saw a few good hits, but didn't see anything. How many? So far. four in each team? I went to the roller Four derby. or five. Well, how often do they have roller derby? I might take Joe out I for a big night. no idea. <laughs> went to the roller derby. What else did you get up to? Uh, Is Thomas excited yeah. about the new Star Wars trailer? When's that out? The trailer's on the internet now. Is it? It's a new trailer. <laughs> I'm going home. It's going to be so sure exciting. It's a new trailer. We saw Harrison Ford on the news going yeah. around. You, you, you could you could well be right. I have not seen it yet. And maybe I'm wrong. I did watch the new Batman vs Superman trailer. Right. That looks pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bevan, what's happening in your world? Nothing else is happening in my world that I can remember. I'm still injured. Calf still bugging. I put my calf as well. Yeah. What's with the calves? Getting old. Hopeless muscle. Um, what's my gosh, John? Had the, the mother-in-law's 70th. Mm-hmm. Big night. Big night. Mm-hmm. All nighter. You're still recovering from it. You oh, she was on morning. it. You should have seen her. Man, she was a wild child. Uh, we had a quiz, mm-hmm. which we took out. Yeah. yeah. Took out. We had one point. Nice. Joe did a quiz. The ages of Rhonda. Rhonda's the mother's name. Uh, the ages of Rhonda. So it went, the quiz went over 70 years. So every decade, there's some questions to answer. Oh. We were falling behind. But then when it got to the later period, bang, hit it at the end. Took it. Took it home. So it's happy with that. Uh, uh, what else has been happening? I'm much going to Sweden. I'm pretty excited about that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I went before, but last time I went, I was only there for a couple of days. Whereas this time, I'm there for a week. So it should nice. be kind of cool. Um, I'm with Norseman. When are you going? Uh, October. Mm. Late October. I could have gone to Rugby World Cup, I suppose. We'll be winning it. You'll be, you'll be tuning you think we're going to win it? You'll be tuning in. You'll be watching the Rugby World Cup and then you'll be simultaneously looking at the Auckland Marathon results to see how... Oh, yeah, on. I'm sure when I'm watching the Rugby World Cup, I'll be worried about the Auckland Marathon. Mm. <laughs> I hope we win it. Because they're saying they had Comrade Smith on the news last night and no one's ever won it twice in a row. Mm. So that could be their legacy, mm. the guys who won it last time. We're favourites, but I wouldn't be... Uh, no, it's going to be a lot harder over there. Yeah. It'll be a lot harder. Um, no, other than that, John, that's pretty much my gossip. I'm trying to get my calf right. I don't know if I'm in Queenstown. I talked about it last week. I shouldn't have talked <laughs> yeah, about it. I shouldn't, have. I shouldn't have talked about it. Uh, uh, we, we were supposed to get Legends out last week. We didn't do it. We're going to do it uh, today. Okay, we are? I've got to go home first. We'll do it over Skype. Okay, we'll do it over Skype. We'll do it over Skype. Okay, we've done the interview. We've got Who we got on, Jobo? We have got on Vanu yeah. from Fuel Belt. You went blank on me, didn't you? I did. You went blank on me. Just school holidays, man. It's just pun- they punishment. It's punishment for parents, school holidays. Why is that? Just because you got kids all the time? Yeah. Because you have to have your kids around yeah. all the time. Far out. <laughs> I have to say, I watched Tommy's video. I was impressed. There's a director. Oh, director the director was amazing as well. Yeah. Um, but but he was, I thought he was really uncomfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. It's a good description of his breakdowns. He did a good job. He's a good performer. Yep, yep. Tell, you can tell him I said that. He's having his first sleepover tonight. Oh, how many kids? One. Oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Who's coming? George Patterson, Phil's kid. Oh, nice. Yeah. My house, when I was young, my house was the house where everyone stayed. Mm-hmm. Like from, from bloody four onwards, I had kids staying at my house all the time. And I had one friend, Scott McGrath. Scott McGrath was my good friend for probably three years when I was a young man. Mm-hmm. He would have stayed at my house a hundred times. <laughs> How many times did I stay at his house? Once. <laughs> his parents didn't like having kids around. <laughs> okay, John. Anyway, Iron Rust. <coughs> I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kicker.